From Amaya, you're listening to CSR of One. I'm Courtney Brandt. As we come to the end of our second season, we're getting back to nature and talking about the bees, specifically the Beekeepers Association of the UAE. If you've ever had any interest in beekeeping, apiology, swarms, or helping in ways that don't necessarily involve close contact with the bees, then this is the episode for you. As much as I've enjoyed speaking with all of our guests, I wanted to end this season with this topic in particular, a way to remind you all that from the largest communities to the smallest creatures on our planet, there is definitely someone you can help. And remember, posting for any of these communities helps get the message out there. We sat down with Varsha Farwani at a cafe in JBR. Varsha is a part-time volunteer with the Beekeepers Association, and her involvement with them had an impact on her right away. And I clearly remember it was the 1st of November and it was a really, really nice morning. Uh, it was through Facebook. Uh, there was an ad that they were going to have like a event. Uh, it was their first inaugural event uh, that they were going to start a beekeepers association. And Was this last year or what year? It was 1st November 2017. Okay, so yeah. it's a pretty young organization to, to have gotten started. Um, so what did that first kind of meeting look like and, and how has it grown or evolved? It was, I, from what I remember, it was an absolutely beautiful morning and uh, it was held at uh, the farm, Alberari. Mm-hmm. Uh, and surprisingly, the turnout of people was, uh, we were a good number of people. And uh, uh, when we introduced ourselves, there were people that were already practicing beekeeping. There were people uh, like me who were new and I had absolutely no understanding of how it works. And there was a mix of uh, a good amount of uh, people from different backgrounds and there was Zahira and the other bee ladies that were practicing it for a while. Uh-huh. So it was good to meet uh, everyone and the vibe of the the morning was so positive. I mean, when I met Zahira, she was so passionate about bees, the way she introduced the, the beekeeping and uh, the beekeepers of her association. It was just like, wow, you know, it was like, it made me want to join the association and be part of it. So it sounds like there's a lot of different levels or or ways to be involved. You're involved on a more kind of social side, not an actual, are you an actual beekeeper? I intended to join as a beekeeper, but my uh, work and uh, uh, my little one at that time uh, took most of my time. So uh, I, I volunteered in a way um, with my time as as much as I could, like as much as I could contribute. So what I ended up doing was most of the back-end admin, helping out at the events. Um, I had an opportunity to uh, take up the course, but again, I had time commitments and I couldn't actually, you know, commit so you my can... time to the course. Volunteer, come to one of the organizational meetings, knowing nothing, and you can do, is it a training? How do you get to, to go through the, the process of becoming a beekeeper? Okay, so there are two ways uh, you can be a part of the organization. Is One is to become a member mm-hmm. of the association, uh, which is only open to the beekeepers. And the other way is to become a friend of the association. So I can, I fall into the category of friends because I'm not a trained beekeeper and I'm not intending to become one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So this, these are the two ways you can be part of the association. And to volunteer, you can uh, pick up what you would like to volunteer. Like you can uh, either volunteer as... Uh, admin or social media, handling the accounts and things like that. Is the honey or any products, are they like a ripe market or where is there any place where the public, I guess, can interact and maybe support from a monetary standpoint? 
Uh, from monetary standpoint, uh, the association uh, collects money uh, from the membership money that comes in. So when you become a member, you pay a fee of 150 dirhams. Uh, so that goes towards uh, the funds. Okay. Yeah, the funds uh, in uh, educating people about beekeeping. Um, also, the money that comes through uh, the courses that people take to become beekeepers, uh, that money goes also towards running in, in the running of the organization. So uh, another way is uh, people donate money or adopt a hive. I love it because we have I, I volunteer at Canine Friends and we have adopt a kennel. But I kind of like the idea of like my money is going to support a lot of little insects, <laughs> <laughs> which are which are vital to basically everything. Yeah, so. for the nature. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, these are the ways that the uh, association raises money to, for its upkeeping and for its uh, maintaining the hives and everything. And um, so you could have one, is it, do you have to have kind of like a person who maybe lives in a villa or an apartment? Like is, an apartment seems a bit off, but it would, you would be a villa maybe owner and you could start a hive that way. Uh, you could do that. Uh, it all depends on, like, there are no UA regulations on uh, whether you can have a hive or not. Uh, like, there is a gray area. So you can go ahead and do it, but you need to have the permission of the developer that you're living, uh, which community you're living in. So you need to get permission because a lot of neighbors don't Maybe agree with that. Yeah. 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 Um, what I guess is the most interesting fact that you've learned about beekeeping as a process or bees in general? Uh, they are, of course, I knew that they were vital to the, uh, you know, natural ecosystem and how they are important for, uh, pollination. And, uh, I, I learned how bees are different from the wasps how to differentiate them and uh, and not and they're of course not dangerous like you know your first instance when you have these swarms uh, in people's houses their reaction to the swarms is like oh my god a let's friend call. had one post the other day and she called of course the beekeepers because I think some people want to just throw gas at it or something crazy and it's like these they're swarming for a reason they need a new home there are professionals who can deal with this don't get too excited, you know, yeah. <laughs> call the right people. And so could you call the Beekeepers Association if you found a swarm? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the major part of my work was actually this, to handle and coordinate the swarm removals. So we had a part of volunteers that would uh, be uh, removing swarms from people's houses. So I I'm making to... a face right now, which is like, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> because when you see a picture, it's really intimidating. I will take my dogs at K9 any day. <laughs> so I think the volunteers that, that do this, like, yes. oh my goodness. I totally agree with you. And this is the general reaction of, you know, people uh, dealing with swarms or even hearing the word swarm. Uh, it's a natural uh, reaction. But... Um, uh, what I learned is like there was pe there were people that used to get too excited and uh, you know or too scared or too nervous. Uh, so I would be getting like phone calls. Like people would even threaten me if you don't come right away. I'm calling you know pest control and you know we need to get this done. So it sounds like there's an educational element in there as well. That if if the pest control places around town should maybe advise them back to say these animals are vital, like you said, and you shouldn't be trying to kill off a swarm. We have involvement from the municipality and we uh, actually have, uh, you know, given them, uh, advised them to advise their uh, workmen 
uh, to actually, you know, call us instead of uh, calling them uh, and going ahead with killing the killing the bees instead of getting the swarms removed uh, safely, you know. Well, hopefully it's you grow because, you know, even the genesis of this podcast, having lived here for 13 years, I didn't know there was a beekeeping association. And I think the founders are fantastic for starting that. Um, do you have a favorite memory so far with the with the beekeeper, just in general? Um, I've I have had many uh, good memories. My my favorite one was uh, when we visited uh, Abu Dhabi. This was from a, a beekeeper who uh, yields honey uh, for commercial purposes. So we visited his farm, and uh, I took my little one with me, and uh, we did made a day trip out of it. Uh, so we actually went, experienced the farm, and the farm was full of bees. I mean, there were beehives hanging from the trees, and at first it was like too many bees. Uh-huh. <laughs> Backing away, yeah. But then uh, the, the farmer, he actually gave us like a, high, like a piece of the hive, honeycomb, and uh, it was like dripping with honey, and my son could actually... Make the connection. Connection with the nature. And it was a beautiful morning. And we actually had the raw honey from the comb itself. And it was just amazing to experience it firsthand in nature, you know, and see. Um, it's pretty, yeah. I think sometimes in the UAE, we, we don't always have those opportunities. So that exactly. is very special. Yeah. We'll be back with more about the bees right after this. As there are many initiatives and stories we'd like to share, CSR1 asks the community to consider sponsoring our show to help support us. Please contact CSR1 at amea.fm. Hey, it's Shrag from Maya Media, and I wanted to tell you about another show on our network called Tales of the Trade, where we feature the Dubai's pioneers and the stories behind the ideas and the communities they've brought to life. You can find all of the episodes of the show in your favorite podcast player right now, and we'll be back with a new season later in the year. You can find more information on our website, talesofthe.trade. Welcome back. You're listening to CSR of One. And today we're talking with Varsha about the Beekeepers Association of the UAE. She told us about the founders and how the organization has grown in partnership with the government and others. She also told us about how important education is. Definitely, we need to educate more people on uh, beekeeping and the bees. So we are really looking forward to graduate as many people as we can. If, if I want to take the course and graduate as a beekeeper, how long would that take? Uh, it's a six weeks course and you uh, are asked for a time investment of two hours every uh, weekend. So, yeah, about 12 doable. hours. That yeah. sounds doable. And then at the end, do I graduate and I get my own hive? Certificate. And yes, you can start your own hive okay. and you get help from the association to actually have hands-on uh, uh, experience with your hive. You can actually leave your hive at the Sustainable City for a, for a fee okay. and you can come in. And so it's like, a, it's like a weird kind of pet at the end of the day. It like, is. This is my hive. I like that though. What? Yeah. Sustainability. I need to move out there, basically, is what I've come to to the conclusion. (laughs) But okay, so even if you don't, if you had an apartment, but you still were interested in the activity, you could go to Sustainable City and have your hive there. Exactly. Yeah. Now, does um, anybody in the organization go into schools and have conversations? They are actually uh, led by the initiative that comes through from schools. 
uh, right, we, like right now we're not going to the schools. We want schools to approach us. Like if you go on our websites and you will see that make, make a request for a workshop. Uh, since this is a nonprofit organization and we don't have volunteers on a full-time basis, uh, we actually uh, wait for people to approach us so that we can organize something and have it, have it delivered. To be honest, we have lack of volunteers like, you know, so people listening, get, get on this. Yes, absolutely. We need so many volunteers. I mean, even me as, uh, I mean, I don't blame because life in Dubai is so, so busy. You know, people don't have time. You know, you really need to make that but buzz. With, with the canine, like I can stress that it can be one day a month and that can make a huge difference because if you have 30 people give one day a month, then you suddenly have 30 hours of work. Every little bit counts. So yeah, we're always in lookout for volunteers in any which way, you know, if they can even shell out like um, uh, an hour or two hours on the weekends, you know, that'll be great. We have our regular monthly meetings for the beekeepers. Uh, we also do, do the workshops for schools and uh, uh, corporates as well. Okay. So yeah. Okay, so maybe restaurants or people that have because i know there's a number of farms and other places that could could have that sort of um capacity to have bees on site any any organization that wants to get uh involved uh with uh, uh sustainability uh or uh wants to do adopt a hive and have the green label i think though i i'd really like to see some schools get involved in this because i know at canine we get requests all the time that they want us to come to the school and it's, kind of difficult because the doggies don't always travel so well um but it, it would be great to start seeing more education because that's where it has to matter uh we actually had one school come in it was a uh, uh, south african school for uh islamic girls and uh it was held at the sustainable city and we uh actually uh the the topic of the workshop was how bees are important in islam so it was linked uh, in a way and it was led by Zahira herself. Uh, so the girls were very, very excited to see the bees in the observation uh, hive and uh, actually experience, uh, get hands-on experience, you know, uh, dealing with the hives and touching the hives and, you know. Yeah. Do you supply, does any, do any of the keepers or those that produce commercial honey, do any of them supply to local restaurants? Do you know? uh, well, uh, there are a lot of commercial beekeepers who do sell it to the restaurants here locally. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of people come to us as well that you sell honey. As beekeepers, you must have honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't have that much yield of honey because the, the, the kind of bees that we deal with, they don't yield that kind of honey for commercial purposes Uh, it's about like two or three kilos a year which is only sufficient for them to survive because they also thrive on it and uh, so uh, yeah Uh, but there are beekeepers that uh, do it come for commercial purposes and they do sell yes and they do sell and export as well That's all we have for you in this episode. To find out more about how to become a member or volunteer, you can visit their website, beekeepersassociation.ae. This episode was hosted by me, Courtney Brandt, and produced by Chirag Desai. You can find out more and listen to all of our episodes on our website, amaya.fm slash CSR of one. I want to take a second to thank all of you for being part of our journey so far. This is our last guest for season two. We'll be back next week with a special highlights episode. Until then, remember to be nice out there on social media. Think about sharing something for someone else. We're counting on you to help everyone. We're all in this together.